Youssef Aziz. And uh, let's give him a hand as he come. Incredible man. Always brings gold when he shares. <laughs> Thanks, man. Morning, church. What's happening? <laughs> All right. Um, let's pray. Let's pray to start off. Uh, thank you, God, so much for this morning. Thank you, God, so much for this church, um, for the people that are here. Thank you for Joshi and Sears, God. Thank you for the hard work that they put into this place and the relationships in this place. Thank you, God, for um, their relationship with you. Thank you, God, for all the leaders here as well. Lord God, for Dino and Rosie and the Swells and all the, all the leaders here. Lord God, we just wanted to thank you um, for their lives as well and for um, their relationship with you. Um, and God, as we come before you this morning, I just pray that uh, what you have for us, Lord God, this morning would, would just sit with us for ages and that we could actually act on it today. Um, I just pray that it would be something that's real, uh, and I know it will be, God, if it's coming from you, if it's from your word. And I just wanted to thank you for that. Thank you for your presence, that you're here with us right now. Thank you that this is more than just um, a group of people coming together in a building, that there's something going on in this place. And um, and it's spiritual, and it's more than that. And I just wanted to thank you, God, that all of these things are happening, and sometimes we could just be in another place completely, but, you know, these things are actually happening regardless. And I just wanted to thank you for your presence and for your Holy Spirit. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Okay, sweet. Um, I'm really excited this morning. Hey, I'm really pumped to do this today. I'm not as, yeah, in the past I was just like trembling nervous, but today I'm actually really pumped. I feel like there's something really good from this today. Um, I think there's, there's lots of stuff that was, that's been swimming in my head, lots of thoughts, um, so I'm glad this is like a bit of an outlet for me. <laughs> I think this is more for me than for you guys. Um, so there's heaps of things that have been getting me to think. Um, like firstly, we're pregnant. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I did that pause on purpose. Thanks, Perno. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I say we because, you know, even though Kimmy's carrying this baby, poor thing's doing all the hard work, I'm presenting all the symptoms, you know. <laughs> there's, the, there's the obvious one, of course. That's why you guys laughed a bit. And, you know, further, further along than she is. Um, and then there's the fact that I'm eating so much, yeah, getting, we getting weird cravings at night, like for Macca's runs, doing Macca's runs late at night. Uh, lower back pain, like my whole body's being stretched out, you know. Uh, and the nightmares, man, the nightmares are just so vivid and scary. Laz, I think I need someone to look after me, actually. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm so hormonal right now. So um, uh, one thing that never happens to me, though, is nausea and vomiting. So anything I eat is, isn't going anywhere. So I'm not sure if these are actually symptoms or just my normal life, but anyway. Um, so poor Kimmy, you could tell how annoying it would be to live with me, but I really admire Kimbo though. Um, she's not just putting up with me, you know, she's watching, watching her through this has been amazing actually. She's real genuine, she has a strong relationship with God, a real trust in God, and, and that always gets me to think, that's one of those things that's been getting me to think, like Kimmy's a real disciple of Jesus and we'll go wherever he tells her, follow him wherever he says, and I think, you know, like, how will I help this kid move closer to being a strong disciple just like their mum. And I can only really help. You know, in the end, that's their choice. That's, that's their thing. But I reckon for a parent, that's the most important question, hey, is nothing else bigger than that. 
how will they respond to Jesus? That's one of those things that's been getting me to think. How can I help them have a a real relationship with Jesus? Um, Another thing that's been getting me to think is Sears said this talk um, a few weeks back about being part of the kingdom of God. And it's all about following the purpose that God has for you rather than living according to your preferences, you know. And that really made me think, again, like, am I going with the flow too much? Is there something that I can do to help other people be part of the kingdom? And I'm not really doing it, you know. I'm just sitting, um, just chilling out, doing what's convenient, living to my preferences. Um, So that's been getting me to think, you know. I've been thinking about the kingdom of God, you know. And then Mandy spoke about hell a couple of weeks back as well, and that had me thinking. And then Kim and I went to a funeral, and that made me think even more. This person, I know, was young, you know, maybe early 30s, he committed suicide. Um, and he was someone who used to help young people who have been abused at home. He was a docs worker. Not someone you'd think was hopeless. But, you know, maybe that's what made him actually hopeless, but seeing a lot of kids that have been treated so badly. And that got me thinking again, like, how can this guy who was full of life, who thrived on helping people, actually get to the point of taking his own life? Like, what could have been going on in his head for him to think that that was the best outcome for him, you know? So all of these things have just been making me just want to focus on what matters, forgetting about all the things that just take up time pointlessly and focusing on the things that matter. And um, go back to the Bible, and Jesus talks about the kingdom of God over and over and over. Like the idea of the kingdom of God, like it it must really matter because Jesus talks about it all the time. So I I felt like I had to ask this question and answer it myself, you know. I really had to spell it out, not just glaze over it. What is the kingdom of God? What actually is it? What really is it? You know, where is it? How do I get there? How do I help other people get there? Those questions, like I felt, were central to my life, you know, like after sitting through that funeral, hearing all these people speak, some of them had really nice things to say about him, and he was a really good guy, but sometimes you can tell that they were just lost for words, they had no idea, no answers, you know, how can this happen, how can their mate who was full of life do this, and then here we have the Bible saying that the answer is this man, Jesus, and his kingdom, being part of his kingdom, right, so that all of life, the point of life is Jesus and the kingdom of God, crazy. So I reckon asking what the kingdom of God is like a life and death question, you know. We have to spell it out. We can't be vague, can't be unclear. And regardless of how we live our lives, some of us feel like it's the same old thing. You know, some of us love being active. We're nonstop. We love life. Some of us love to work. Some of us actually feel lonely right now. But regardless of like how full or empty our lives are at different times, seriously, you get to the point where you say there has to be more of a point. It has to be more of a point. It has to be about more. And then you have Jesus saying, yep, it's actually about more. You know, it's about the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? That's my question. And I think I just love the, the song that we sang last. Um, that was so good. That's pretty much the talk summed up. You know, so go back to that last song if you'd like and just, just listen to the words. That's, this is pretty much it summed up. Um, every time Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he uses metaphors right? Symbols to explain different aspects of it. Like one time he'll say, kingdom of God is like someone who finds a crazy amount of treasure in a field. And they hide the treasure in the field. They go and sell everything they have, go and buy the field so that they can have the treasure. The kingdom of God is that valuable that when a person realizes it, they're willing to give everything up to be part of the kingdom of God. And that tells us 
how the kingdom of God is so precious and, and, and priceless. But that doesn't tell us what it is. And he does that often, you know. And that's the thing. Jesus doesn't always come right out with it. He doesn't just say, this is what the kingdom of God is, especially when he's talking to crowds of people. He doesn't say, here it is. I'll tell you the, all of the answers. Yeah, most of the time, time, he talks about different aspects of it. And like he'll say, you have to be like one of these little children to enter the kingdom of God, right? But then he won't tell you what it is, right? And then he'll just drop the mic and walk away. And you're like, man, come on, man, just tell me, you know, tell me what it is. And he kind of gives the, the crowd, the people listening to him, a little glimpse of it and then walks away. And I think he did that because if he spoke to the whole crowd about what it really is and how to be part of the kingdom, it'd be lost on some people. It'd be lost on some people who weren't ready, right? So he'll just give them a snippet, and then the people that really want to know and are ready, they would follow him until they found out exactly what he was talking about. That's what he'd do over and over and over again until one night, until one night where he spells it out, right? In John chapter 3. That night, it says, John chapter 3 verse 1, now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So notice something, right? It was one person coming to Jesus in the middle of the night. One person, not a crowd of people. One person. This guy, Nicodemus, Nico, you could call him if you like. Um, he's a Pharisee, right? Upper class, educated, religious elite. He's like a judge in the land. And the group he belonged to, the Pharisees, we, we know they were opposed to Jesus. Actually, some of them even hated Jesus. But this guy had the strong conviction that there's something about Jesus, something for real. He wants to talk to him. But look at the time that he comes to talk to Jesus. It's nighttime. He doesn't want to be seen. He wants to go to Jesus when no one's watching. But something deep inside this man is telling him Jesus is truth. So he starts off by gassing Jesus up, by giving him all these compliments. Like, oh, you know, all the miracles you've been performing, you must be from God, blah, 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 blah. Jesus cuts him off right there, and he gets straight to the point. In verse 3, he says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus knew. This man wants to know how to be connected to God, how to be part of the kingdom. So Jesus comes out and tells him, straight up. One of the only times that Jesus sets it out, straight out, how to enter the kingdom of God, just straight up to him. Jesus says, you want to see the kingdom of God? You have to be born again. Nicodemus responds, verse 4, he says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asks. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus says, straight up, do you want to see the kingdom of God? Do you want to be in it? You have to be born again. And back in that time, they used to actually call like a natural birth when a child is born, that um, it's being born of water, okay? Um, so Jesus is actually saying, you're born the first time physically. You know, he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, verse 6, physical birth, but you need to be born again spiritually, right? He goes, spirit gives birth to spirit. 
right? So it skip down to verse 9. He says, how can this be, Nicodemus asked. So, you know, if you thought Jesus is confusing, not the only one, Nicodemus is confused as. So he's, Jesus is like, you have to be born again, but not like a natural birth, a spiritual birth. And that's why it says in Corinthians that when we come into the kingdom of God, we're like a new creation, right? Um, so in other words, Jesus says that to enter the, enter the kingdom, you have to ha- undergo this transformation, right? This spiritual transformation. How though? Skip down to verse 16, right? Again, he spells it out for him. He spells it out for Nicodemus. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's just spelt out. Here you go, right? That spiritual transformation of being born again can only happen when we believe in Jesus. Trust in what Jesus has done. That's what it means to be part of the kingdom of God, to have eternal life. And by the way, eternal life and the kingdom of God are the same, right? It's just being with God forever. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is eternal life. It's heaven. And heaven is really just about us being with God forever. And it actually starts now. Being with God and in relationship with God starts today. And it lasts forever. So to be in the kingdom of God is actually having this personal relationship with God, a father-son relationship or a father-daughter relationship. He's taken all of the world's sin on his shoulders so that you and I can have a relationship with him, with God, with Jesus. All the wrong things that we've done in the past that actually go against God and his laws, go against who God is, that actually offend him, right? All of those sins he took on himself. God is like a fair judge, right? He can't look at our violations and go, oh, but I really like you, so I'm just going to let them go. Right? That would make him corrupt, right? That would make him crooked, right? But he's not. He's righteous. Instead, he said, but I love you, so I'll take that punishment for you, right? That's crazy. That's the kind of person that he is. His justice means that he has to hand down the punishment. He has to do it. But his love means that he's willing to take the punishment on himself. Crazy. He's not flimsy, right? He doesn't just act according to how he feels at the time. He's actually strong, determined. He acts according to his love. And to be part of his kingdom, to be born again, is to say, God, Jesus, I recognize what you've done for me, and I am willing to trust you with my life, right? Being part of the kingdom of God is being in relationship with God. And, you know, sometimes it's actually really hard picturing heaven, you know, I don't know if you guys have the same thing, but it's really hard picturing heaven. How could, how could we be in this place forever, right? Or, you know, eternal life or living forever. But the thing is, is heaven is actually just living with God. It's actually more about the person. It's more about God than the place. You know, it's more about being in relationship with him forever. Like, you ever sat around a fire, you know, and just like with people that you love, that understand you and stuff, and you could be there for ages, right? You could just hang out. Like, and I actually say a fire because... As I write this, or as I wrote this, I remembered times when I just hung out with people and I just loved them and I just could be there forever, you know? And um, I, there was this one time where that kept coming to my mind where we actually were sitting at my mate's house, back of his house, and we had a little fire going on and stuff. And so we were just sitting around, having a chat, just chilling out. And, you know, um, I don't know how we got onto this, but Kim always uses me as a novelty. She always gets me to get up and do things and stuff like that for people. So she's like, get up. And show them how your mum and aunties dance at weddings, right? So, so I started, you know, like going for it. I won't do any dances right now. But anyway, uh, thanks, P- Perno. 
I wasn't going to do it, but you encouraged me, man. Thanks, man. So yeah, I started going for it. I started, you know, going really hard for it. That was just a little taste, you know, if you want more, I'll show you later on. But it started getting out of hand, you know. Like I, I started dancing really hard and I nearly, nearly got my bum burnt by the fire because there was a lot of butt shaking, you know. So my butt got a bit too close to the fire. And, so, and that's what it's like being with God, not getting your butt burnt, but like just... Just being lost in that moment, you know, just being with people that you love, not really caring about, you know, what am I going to do next or how is this conversation going to flow? It doesn't really matter. You're just with someone you love and you're comfortable. You could just sit there for hours just talking. It could be about meaningful stuff. could be about stupid stuff that, you know, it doesn't even matter. And you're so comfortable with each other that you could just sit there sometimes, stare at the fire or talk or you could get up and go for a walk together or do stuff together and it's all no effect. You're just hanging out, Right. The people that have a relationship with God in this room, the people that are born again, blessed enough to be able to say that they belong to the kingdom of God, you know. You know that it's like that. Hey, it's just hanging out with God. Crying with God sometimes. You know, talking about the things that are upsetting you. Opening up about your deepest hurts. Laughing with God. You know, Leanne always says that God has the best humor with her. You know, she always has this best sense of humor with her. She makes her, I don't know, you always talk about finding coins and stuff like that. Right? And you know God's talking to you. Just hanging out with God. Talking to Him whenever you want. Being quiet. Not doing anything sometimes. Listening to Him tell you something that's really profound. Just hanging out. Nothing to it. Just being together. And that's what God loves. That's what he actually wants. And he knows that's what we need, right? He knows that's what we need. Someone like him who's a perfect friend, the perfect father, perfect king as well. If we obey him, follow him, love him, we'll never regret it. He always acts for our benefit. That's why the kingdom of God is so good. And you know, I think sometimes we as human beings, we forget that God is actually a real person. Like we treat him more like an idea, you know, like, I don't know if you've noticed that. Even I do it sometimes, you know. Like, just treat him like he's just an idea, you know. But he is really there. He is really there. And he really listens. And he speaks back. He interacts with us. You know, some of us in this room can tell you when God spoke to them directly. It's unmistakable. It's unmistakable. You know whether you're reading the Bible and something just resonates with the deepest part of you. And you know God's talking to you. Oh, you know, like when through his spirit, God actually tells you something within you. And people ask, you know, what, what's it like, like for God's spirit to tell you something inside you? And it's like, it's like a massive hunch. Like it's a gut feeling that you can't shake away. And even that doesn't really describe it, right? It's, it's sometimes it's also like he'll ask you to do something and putting it off makes you so uneasy. Like you have to get it done. Yeah. A spiritual conviction, and you know you need to do something because you can't rest until you do it. God is a real person, and he's really interacting with us. He's right here. But we won't really know what it's like to be in relationship with God unless we are born again. Jesus spells it out for Nicodemus. By believing in what Jesus did for us, that he died to take away our sin, rose again to defeat death for us. You know, Jesus says it another way, right? He says, when he was talking to his disciples um, in Matthew 16, Verse 24, he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Right? What's take up your cross? You know, like Jesus was about to die on a cross. He knew it before it happened. Excuse me. But he's calling all of us, right? If we really want him, if we really want to be in a relationship with him, he's calling us to follow him, to also die. 
to also take up our cross, to die to ourselves, to our selfish desires, not, not to physically die, to give our lives over to him. And that sounds really weird. Like for someone who doesn't really go to church, that sounds actually really weird. But like, why would God want that from us, our lives, you know? Why would he want us to give up our lives to him? But he goes on to say in verse 25, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jesus uses this play on words, but his main point is that if we try to live our life selfishly, our own way, we'll actually end up losing it. We'll actually end up destroying it. But if we give it over to Jesus, he will fulfill us. Like He'll fulfill every desire that is at our core. He will help us find our lives. He will save our lives. After all, you know, he's God. He's the one who made us. He's the only one that really knows what we want and need. He's the only one who knows what we want from life. Love, adventure, to be wanted, to be secure, to be safe spiritually. He knows what's best for us. But we have to be willing to give it all up to him in trust. To say no to our own way of doing things and hand our rights over to Jesus. Big thing. It's massive. It's a big decision. It costs a lot. Jesus knew it. He he knows he's asking a lot. He actually says in other parts that we have to weigh it up. We have to count the cost of following him. He knows it's a big thing to do. But let's be straight out, straight out with it, right? So that none of us go home confused. What's the kingdom of God? It's actually about being in personal relationship with God. It's about being born again spiritually. That's what it really is. How can you be born again? By trusting your life to Jesus in response to what he's done for you. After all, when Jesus did come straight out with it and say, you want to see the kingdom of God? You have to be born again. He came straight out with it to one person, to one person. That's what he really wants, that personal, individual relationship. And right now, I'm that one person. You're that one person. He wants that relationship with us. He's actually talking to us one-on-one. It's you when you're alone and you have only to speak to God. That's, that's what he wants. And um, like I have some Christian mates... Um, they're amazing singers and musicians, right? So they used to do this thing. They formed a group called the Slaves of Righteousness, okay? And they used to sing heaps of covers. So they'd sing Bob Marley and, like, you know, they'd sing One Love. If you know the song One Love, you could easily turn that song into a Christian song, right? So they used to actually go and sing reggae Bob Marley songs at pubs in Western Sydney, right? And they just, like, in their heads, they'd sort of flip the song around. So they're kind of, like, worshipping a little bit, you know? And so they'd worship in these pubs that are really rough and stuff like that. And it was cool because it would, it would really calm the joint down and people would start dancing together and you know, there'd be less fights in the pub and stuff like that. Yeah, it would just change the atmosphere of the place. And they'd always say it's like bringing the kingdom of God with them, right? They always used to have that, that sort of line, you know, always bringing the kingdom of God to the world, to a rough pub that probably wouldn't experience it otherwise. And that's so good. Like those things, they are so good. I, I know from experience, like when you walk into a school, I remember the last school I worked at was really rough. Never mind it looked like a jail. But after a while, you know, you walk in there with your relationship with God. You're born again spiritually. But, and after a while, a few other Christians started working there as well. And you could see the place actually lift, you know. You almost feel like there was a darkness that was just being lifted. And that's so good. That's so good. Those things are real and they are good. Bringing the kingdom of God to the world. But let's be clear, hey. Let's be straight up so that no one is confused. That the only way to actually see the kingdom of God, to personally yourself see the kingdom of God, is to enter it yourself, to be born again, 
to actually be in a, in a relationship with Jesus, to believe in Jesus yourself, trust in what he did for you, to entrust your life to him, to actually go, here you go, this is my life, to actually say, yes, I'd like that. I am committed to you, right? That's how to be born again. And that's a completely personal thing. Like we all have noble fights, even, even us Christians. You know, we have all really good fights. And some of us, like my mates, purposely go into dark places to bring the light with them. Some of us hate the idea that people in this world are hungry, so we want to change that, you know? We want to change poverty. Some of us fight for social justice, right? So that all people are treated fairly. Some of us look after the environment. I know there's, there's this one guy I always see at Molly really late at night, and he's going around picking up rubbish all the time. It just inspires me every time to see this guy. No one's watching him. He's just doing it because he wants to, right? Some of us are, are inclined that way. They, we want to actually look after the environment. Some of us just want to love our neighbors, right? The people around us. Those, all of those things are really good, and actually God's asked us to go and do them. He wants us to do them. But even us Christians, we need to remember, not complicate it, right, that those things aren't the end. They're not the actual end. We do all of those things because they're like a precursor of what really matters, people coming to know Jesus personally. That's what really matters. They see us looking after the environment and realize God was the one who gave us that environment, and he's the one who left us in charge. It's about him, relationship with him. They, they see us fighting for the down and out and realize God cares for everyone. He left this innate desire in us to see justice done, to help the helpless because he cares about the helpless. They see us loving our neighbor and they realize God loved us first and he actually showed us what real love is. That's the kingdom of God. When people realize who God really is and respond to him personally, that's what it's really about. What matters most to God is actually people's hearts where they stand with him personally. So the question is for today is, are you in the kingdom of God? Are you born again? Have you committed your life to him? Have you entrusted your life to him? Forget all the noise, forget all the things that you do. Where do you stand with God? Are you in relationship with him? And for the rest of us, did we forget? Like we can't forget. This is important. We can't forget. This is what matters most, that we see the people around us enter the kingdom with us, Right? That's what we really want. See people around us actually discovering the goodness of having a relationship with God. Because we know how good it is. We're blessed. Even through the hard times, we know how good it is that God is there. And we can always call on him. He's our father. So just to finish off, right, I always try to replay these stories in my head. Okay, stories over and over and over in my head. Just so I don't forget when... God has actually spoken to me because it strengthens your face, you know, your, your face, your faith, right? My, my face is strong. Yeah. But it's it, like, it just give, it gives you strong faith because you remember when God spoke to you personally and you know, he's there. It reminds you that he's there. Um, stories of when God made it really clear he was there. He was interacting with me. Um, and it keeps reminding me he's not, he's not just an idea. So I'm going to give you guys a, a story to end off on. Okay. So before coming to Aladala, we were actually in England. Okay, and there were a couple of reasons why we were there. We've always wanted to live overseas, always wanted to live overseas for a little bit, but also because actually back in Sydney, I had no work. We were working, I was working at this high school for almost 10 years, and all of a sudden things just changed. Like we had a new principal, and they didn't really know me as well, so I guess they didn't know, you know what my contribution would be to the place, and, and I found myself without work the following year. Right, and so that sort of rocked me to be honest, because I've been there for ten years, and like it's just it was just part of my life. I knew the families in the area so much. So and anyway, after we talked to God heaps, we just thought it was probably the best time. We go overseas, we work, we travel, 
But it was actually pretty hard. It wasn't just like we wanted to travel, you know. It was actually really hard because we had to move out of our house. Um, we, I had no income, so we couldn't pay the mortgage. We went back to living with mum yeah, just before we left to England. That's pretty hard when you've lived on your own for 10 years to go back and live with mum. Mum's pretty cool, though, but still that was pretty hard. Then we had to sell our cars, right, because we had to have money to go back over. We put everything in storage. That was pretty hard as well. Just like so much uncertainty. We didn't even know where we were going to live in England. Like we didn't know what the place was going to be like either. Is it, was it going to be nice? You know, was it going to be a ghetto? Was it going to be a hood? You know, like I don't, I, we didn't know. We don't know England. Hey? Cold. Very cold. Yes, Kath. Very cold. Forgot you were there, bro. So, you know, even though Kimmy is an adventurer, I knew she was willing to do anything. You know, I was, she was happy to go. That's another part of it, you know. I actually felt like a real dog to take her overseas, being mo- moving her to the other side of the world because I couldn't find work and you know what I mean. It was just hard. So, because um, of course God was going before us and looking after us and everything, we settled in a, actually, a pretty nice place, right? And I had an okay job, but we faced a lot of trials as well. Kim, Kim's job wasn't good. She was actually being bullied at work. There's a lot of harassment, sexual harassment at work. Um, but she's pretty street thug as well, so she got through it. And that was another reason, you know. Man, I just felt so bad. I took her all, all the way around the world, and now she's got this job, and she's in this place where it was really horrible. I commuted two hours each way, worked really long hours. But, you know, we were actually happy as well because we felt like God was with us. And I thought, you know what? You never know if this will be a permanent thing. We'll be in England forever, right? I miss home. I'm, I miss my family, Kim's family. But you know, maybe that's what we need to do, right, to just live here in England. Um, then one day, Kim and I had an argument. She says, um, you know, don't close the doors on back home. You might find work back home. You never know. Just don't close the doors on back home. Um, and I was like, yeah but, yeah, but we've got it good here too, and we can all make it work here. You know, we had this really long argument. And then that night, that's typical me, like I'm a one-track mind, right? I'm, I'm, I'm in England, I'm like, I'm going to do this now, you know? So, but Kim is just a little bit more holistic. Anyway, um, so that night we went to the prayer meeting at church. You know, this church that we were going to at the time was actually a really big church, so you wouldn't know anyone unless you just knew the people in your small group, right? So we were there, big church, big prayer meeting. This guy got up, don't know him. He said, God told him that there was a couple in the room who'd been through some pretty rough waters. But kind of following the same metaphor, he was saying they were about to pull into a safe harbor, right? Yeah, and everything was going to be good. Once they pull into this safe harbor, everything was going to be good. And seriously, he said it just like that. Two things I remember about what he said. It was a couple. Rough waters, but they're pulling into a safe harbor, right? And, you know, I was like, okay, cool. I really, you know, wasn't really paying attention too much. And there's so many people in that room, that can't be about me. You know, like, it's a bit narcissistic. So after the meeting, (laughs) yeah, that's about, yeah, God's talking to me. Um, So after the meeting, this leader came up to us who actually knows us. And he said, hey, you know what, so-and-so, well, he didn't actually even say his name. You know what you guys said? I think that's that's about you guys. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, to take it with a grain of salt, didn't think that God's a real person who's actually really trying to interact with me, tell me something, you know, and um, I was a typical doofus. So going with the flow, not listening. And then that night, we go home, we go to bed, right? I wake up, I check my phone. I've got an email, and the email says that I've been permanently appointed to Aladala High School, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what? No way, right? 
oh, I didn't even think about what happened the night before. Right? <laughs> that didn't even register yet. I was just like, oh, we're going back home. And I completely forgot what this guy said at church the night before. Anyway, I've got a job back home. We're going to go back home. Oh, yeah, of course. I would actually officially graduated a couple of days ago. That's why this came through. And oh, I was on the list of graduate teachers. I didn't even know I was on this list. And apparently you could actually choose where you want to go on this list. So you can say, I'd like to be in Sydney or whatever. And I think I just put all of New South Wales down. So they could have just like sent me out west. You know, I, I, I had no idea that this was an actual thing. So I, had, I was on the list and I was next on the list. Anyway... Completely forgot. Typical doofus again. So I know where Aladala is. I'd been to Husky before, right? It's down near there somewhere. Yeah, we can make it happen. That's only like a few hours from Sydney, from family and stuff like that. Woke him up, told her, hey, we're going back home. I got work and left for work that day, right? Poor thing. Kim's having to deal with yet another change. She wakes up, spends the rest of the day Googling places to rent in Aladala, right? And then she reads about this place, right? what it's like, how big it is, how far it is from family. And then she reads that Aladala is a harbor, right? And it means safe harbor, right? And she immediately realizes God was speaking to us. So she goes, hey, as soon as I got home, when I got home, she shows me. I'll be honest, I'd forgotten. Like I said, she has to remind me, hey, remember what that guy said last night at church? And I was, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. And she shows me this Wikipedia link, you know, she's printed it out, and it's got Aladala up on top, and it's got safe harbor, means safe harbor in, um, in Marmarang, or um, anyway, I don't know. What, what is it, Adam, in what link? Durga. Yeah. So here, have a look at this, have a look at the printout. And I think I'm more flawed at the fact that God was talking to us than about how he kind of worked everything out. You know, I was actually more flawed at the fact that he was talking to me. Like, you know, how crazy is that? And anyway, it's just like God in heaven talking to some guy and girl who weren't really very important, not as we see importance, right? I was, I was flawed. We were about to go and live in paradise. He's worked it all out. But more than that, he just talked to me. That's crazy. So anyway, so he does those things, not because we're pawns in his game. Not because, you know, like he's just playing around with us. No, he does those things not because he wants to utilize us or whatever. He actually cares about us. The individual, he cares about us. He's God. He can do anything he wants. He doesn't need us. But he just does those things because he cares about us. And I just couldn't wait to go back to the guy at church, you know. Got up at church and tell him. Oh, actually, I wanted him to know that God is a person. Hey, and he was talking to him that night. Anyway, I had a printout of the Wikipedia link that Kim gave me, you know, with Aladala highlighted and Safe Harbor highlighted and stuff like that. I was real excited. So anyway, I found the guy, introduced myself. He said his name was Dan. Everyone in England's either Dan or Andy, right? So he was like so emotional. He told me he was scared that night. He was said, he said he was, he actually felt like a fraud getting up saying, I feel like God's telling me something. And I said, bro, if it wasn't for you and your bravery, I seriously would have gone back to Australia, gone back home, so unsure, not knowing if we were just being tossed around by circumstances or if God was really behind us. Hey, but now I know God's pretty much just told you to tell us to go, right? Any more explicitly, and he would have just had to have a hand come out and slap me in the face, right? So God, God was actually saying something to me, right? And yeah, and God was saying something to Dan that night. 
And God is real. He's really there. And that's just one of the several times, several times, can you believe we're blessed enough to, to say that God's spoken to me several times? That is amazing. To consider me worthy enough to actually speak to me directly and that clearly. And we all have stories like that in here. And because he's actually really there. And what's the kingdom of God? It's actually being in relationship with God, a real person. Being born again spiritually by believing in Jesus and trusting your life to him. Being with him now and forever. Yeah? Let's pray. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you so much, guys. Father God, I just wanted to thank you for this time. Lord God, I just wanted to thank you that you make it really clear to us that you're here. God, I just wanted to just make a time now, Lord God, where people can respond to you. God, I just pray that if someone in this room isn't really sure where they stand with you, God, now's the time. And in fact, a better time could be when they go home by themselves tonight or later on today. I just pray, God, that you would actually speak to them now directly. Make it really clear that it's their heart that you're after. And guys, I just want to keep this time open a little bit while Perno plays and just let you do business with God. Where do you stand with Him? Where do you stand with Him? Are you born again? Are you in the kingdom of God? Have you entrusted your life to Him? And for all of us, the rest of us, I just pray that we would remember today that God is really most interested about people's hearts around us. And we could do all of these things that are so good because they're all precursors to what really matters, that you care about people's hearts. I'm just going to leave this time open for a little bit and then I'll close off. But God, we just, we just thank you for that beautiful reminder that you care for us, that you want to know us, that you want us to know you. Lord God, that you want us to have a relationship with you and do life with you. Father God, we thank you for that reminder. Lord God, may we never lose sight of what it is to have a relationship with you, what it is to do life with you. May we not get caught up in the day-to-day the -day things that we, we lose focus on. That's what we're meant to do. Relationship with you and show you to others. Lord God, if there's anyone here who, who doesn't know you, doesn't know what it is to walk in that relationship with you, Father God, I pray that you continue to reveal yourselves to them. Thank you, Father. We're just going to sing that last song again that we sang earlier. And um, if you want any more questions about what um, Yusef was just talking to, feel free to talk to him or come and see myself or any of the other leaders, and um, we'll love the chat. But thank you, Yusef. That was awesome. Beautiful reminder. Um, why don't we stand and sing?